What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Styles Files. As always, I am your host, Alan Styles, and thank you, as always, for listening. Today is not just a new episode. It is a very special episode. For the first time in Styles Files history, we're taking your calls. I don't know if we're calling you the stylers or the filers, whatever we're calling you, we are taking your calls and it's going to be a great show. Not only are we taking your calls, we're bringing back everybody's favorite segment. Please stop. It's been a while since I did that. Um, but besides that, want to get into, I went out for the first time. So that was interesting since, you know, the pandemic started and all this, all these things that have been going on. I want to talk about Major League Baseball, what they're dealing with, these positive cases, these positive results from players, and why I believe they are the only league that can survive this. What the NFL is doing wrong, which I think could probably be a segment every week. Uh, The Jonathan Isaac situation, for those who don't know, NBA player who decided to not kneel during the national anthem. If you've been watching basketball, pretty much most players have been kneeling or else this wouldn't be news and like i said we're taking your call so let's not waste any more time let's get right into it so i went out for the first time and it was in walnut creek and it was cool man it was cool i think it was called uh hops and scotch or something like that plenty of different taps they also had hard alcohol they had some food so it was a good time and on top of that you know, a couple of my takeaways from that was first, like we walk in and look, this is not the time to complain about uh, service or anything like that. And it wasn't really a complaint. I guess the first thing was, you know, we hadn't been there before and we sat down and it's it's called, like I said, hops and scotch or, or something like that. So it's, they have a bunch of different taps. So we sit down and we're kind of looking at the menu and don't see any beer anywhere and the guy the server he comes by about two or three times i'm gonna get to that as well two or three times and then eventually we're just like hey we don't think we got a a beer menu and then he's like oh it's on a screen over there and i mean if you had just walked in it wasn't super obvious right so that was kind of like, okay, well, you know, you're a beer spot. That's probably probably should be one of the first things you tell us, you know, we're, we're kind of looking around. The second thing was, I understand that right now everything is kind of get in, get out, but we were sitting down and there was nobody else waiting and the server must've came up to us about four or five times in, in the time span of about 10 minutes and I get it if there was a line. And like I said, this whole thing, I'm not necessarily complaining. I'm happy that I'm able to sit here and complain again because we had no clue when we would be able to do this again and when we would be able to just get out in the world, you know? So I I, I, take this all with a grain of salt. I'm just saying that where we are right now in society, I don't know. Maybe I'm asking too much to take a couple cues or, you know, do some deductive reasoning. But if you're going out to meet someone, I think it's pretty easy to see the difference between, oh, okay, these people live together and these people don't. And if they don't, 
there's a good chance this might be the first time they're seeing each other. So if there's not a line, I should probably just let him rock a bit. And like I said, he was nice every time we told him we weren't ready yet. He just kept coming. And eventually, you know, my girlfriend said to him, sorry, we're just catching up. And he's like, okay, no worries. You know, like I'll come back. Da 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 da. And it's just like that, that should be kind of at the forefront. I think, you know, we're not, if we're chancing, if we're putting ourselves in these situations and we're giving you business, we want to take our time. Like I said, unless there is a line um, or something like that, I just think you should just let people rock. But like, besides that, great time, great time. What I also will say is that I, it was great to get out and I had a great time. But boy, let me tell you, not spending money on food and drinks at the same time after like, I don't know how long it's been, what, March, uh, four months, four or five months, something like that. It just hits different, as the kids say these days. It's just not the same as, and it also makes me think, wow, I don't know how I did this pretty much every weekend before it hit. You know, like, I don't know that I'll ever be able to go back. I've been on this podcast before talking about how you know some of my friends may consider me cheap i consider myself frugal um and it just was i was just like i I don't know how i used to do this right like even a throwback to a just a random weekend and on a friday you go out with a couple co-workers a couple buddies you drop 60 then it's saturday it's date night you drop 150 and I don't know how I used to do that. I really couldn't tell you. So that's one thing I definitely didn't miss. And what probably will hinder me from going out. I see a bunch of people, you know, everybody sees them on the timeline going out every single weekend. I'm kind of enjoying the money that I've been saving. So I don't necessarily think I'm going to be that person. But like I said, all in all, it was definitely nice to get back out there. So I had to tell everyone about that. And look, we're not here to judge as long as you're being as safe as you believe you need to be um that that's all that really matters i don't think anyone should be telling anybody else how much or how little they should be doing something if it's mandated and if we're allowed to go why wouldn't we go i i don't i don't really understand that one but if you don't feel like going don't go it's very simple okay everybody so like i said we're taking calls not all day today, but some of the day today. There's still slots open. Let me know. But we have our first caller, first caller ever on the Styles Files. Who do we have on the line? It's Edward. Sorry about that from Oakland. How's it going, bro? Edward, what's up, man? No, no worries. Um, I mean, look, longtime friend, first time caller, obviously. It's good to have you on the line. What do you want to talk about? What's on your mind? Let's just let's just hash it all out. Ah, well, you know, there's a lot going on in the world. We got the virus, the movement, sports are coming back. Thank right. God the NBA was on. We got some close, entertaining games, which was nice. Uh, guys weren't sandbagging. Guys were going pretty hard. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit of normalcy, or not normalcy, or a luxury back in our everyday lives, which is great to see. And um, I think the biggest thing you have to take away from the NBA is it just feels like they get it, you know? Like they're, they're doing it right. Um, I know that's a controversial opinion. Some people, you know, feel a certain type of way. They don't like 
the wokeness in sports nowadays. They want a separation of politics and sports, just like we want a separation of a lot of things. But um, yeah, I don't know how you could watch at least the NBA when it's such a predominantly African-American league and not feel some sort of way about the movement. You know, that seems kind of uh, ignorant and disrespectful and almost like devaluing human life. It's like, how are you gonna enjoy something when the human beings that participate that you love something like literally are not free, have to deal with oppression, police brutality, you know, systemic racism, and just a whole lot of systemic disadvantages. And their only way out, you know, a lot of times is athletics. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 well, there's a lot you just said right there, but I mean, I would say, you know, I would say it's interesting because basketball has always had that kind of vibe about it which is parallel with black culture in a way that that's what it's always seemed like to me right Right. like the white guy that hoops a lot of times is friends with black guys you know kind of like that and i think that spills over into the nba like i don't know how much pushback the nba is even going to get besides you know some of the casual watchers because that is their demographic. And I think a lot of the pushback that you see from major league baseball and NFL, like those are two, like, especially baseball is more of like a good old boy sport and NFL is just the most popular sport right now. And it's one of those situations where a lot of the skilled players are black, but when you get to the, it's a super diverse sport, right? I think more so than, I mean, probably the most diverse sport I would say, because you got majority, I would still say majority quarterbacks are white. And then you have, you know, most receivers and running backs are black. And then the right. linemen are kind of mixed up. And it's right. funny, it's like you never, besides Christian McCaffrey, it's like you never really see a white running back. And it's like, I, I almost feel like you don't see too many black tight ends. So it's kind of like those are the two. They're out yeah, there. They're, they're more black tight ends than white running backs. But there's like these yeah. positions that are weirdly – yeah, no. When you put it like that, that is very true. The NBA, there's just a lot. There's going to be a lot less pushback, which causes people to say, "Well, is it really as tough to do?" Right? Like, I, I, I see people talking about, "Is it that big of a deal?" That I had people sliding into my, you know, comments on Facebook, like everybody is kneeling now, so it doesn't make it as special. It's like, well. I mean, if you were to tell people that in whatever Kaepernick was, that was 2015 or whatever, mm-hmm. if you were to say all these years later, every, people are going to be kneeling from across all major sports, I probably would have said you're crazy because yeah. of how Kaepernick got treated, you know? Um, yeah. And the NBA actually has a rule to kneel because I remember when this all came out, And people were like, well, NBA is the most woke. Why aren't they kneeling? They're actually, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the only league that does have a rule to not kneel. But they said, I don't know if Adam Silver put this in or what, they basically said, we're not going to penalize people for that rule while in the bubble. Yeah, I mean, globally, you know, it just seems like there's crises everywhere. And that Hong Kong one, and the way that paid, played out with the Rockets, Daryl Morey, Harden, LeBron, um, 
to a degree, you know, if we are advocating for human rights, there is a bit of uh, inconsistency there, unfortunately. Um, if we are advocating for equality and human rights here, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there, there definitely is kind of like scratch your head and you're like, well, what about this, you know? Um, so yeah, it, it's definitely this kind of getting this weird stepchild treatment syndrome, you know? It, it's really interesting when like global stuff happens, like with us in China, whether it's like Darfur, Hong Kong, um, you know, it just seems like America and like our as citizens are like hands get tied because we're always a fear of like it's going to lead to like a physical war, anything like with us in China. So we always kind of just like leave it alone. I mean, that this is like getting into more global politics and sports here, but you know, they're intertwined now. Yeah. I mean, it's all it's all kind of part of it. And I think especially with this culture of, you know, NBA Twitter and social media, people say these things and it's funny because both sides will say, well, they're just saying this to fit their agenda. Well, they're just saying this to fit their agenda. And both sides do that. That's just what's always going to happen. It doesn't necessarily mean that what the agenda is wrong, right? Like if, if somebody, you know, you know, from the red side says something like mm-hmm. utterly racist and the blue and the blue side says, you know, look at this, look at this. And then the red side said, well, you, you're just pulling, you're just, taking this part to fit your agenda it's like well even if i am what they said was still racist you know and and vice versa i mean the joe biden thing the whole if you don't vote for me you're not black i mean you know the republicans they couldn't wait to blow that up and it was like i get it i'm not saying it wasn't stupid but it's kind of interesting coming from your end based on what has been said yeah. from your guy so it's like it's not really the time for that but i'm not gonna sit here and say what he said wasn't wrong uh it's been a great conversation edward thanks for the call you enjoy no problem, bro. the rest of your day i really appreciate likewise. you calling in man and i will talk to you soon likewise love you bro proud of all the hard work you're doing glad it's paying off keep grinding thanks man yeah i mean this is a great way to start the calls people hearing this probably have some takes as well i know my dms are going to be popping as usual let me know we, we can we can do it I, i'm ready i want all the smoke all of it all of it so let's get into major league baseball so major league baseball they're chugging along here they're trying to chug along they have you know uh, the the Marlins, 14 players, something like that. Half the team is tested positive. Now the Cardinals, I think they're, a bunch of them tested positive. I think there are reports that they may have went to a casino or something ridiculous like that. And I got to tell you, I'm not completely surprised, but I also feel that the reason Major League Baseball is going to be able to get away with this um, more so than really any of the other major leagues, I don't know if we're counting NHL as a major league or not, is because Major League Baseball, everybody keeps asking, who is the face of baseball? I saw this on Twitter a couple days ago, and most of the people said Aaron Judge. A couple people said Mike Trout, which uh, he is not. He's just the best player in baseball or someone that many people believe is the best player in baseball. And I don't even know who some other people said. Oh, and then I got a couple Bryce Harpers. And I got to be honest with you. 
it's probably still pretty close between Bryce Harper and Aaron Judge. It probably is. And I know a lot of people, the Aaron Judge thing got pushed on everyone. He's biracial, just like Derek Jeter. He's on the Yankees, just like Derek Jeter. A lot of parallels. The problem is the Yankees haven't won anything with Aaron Judge yet. That's the first problem. Um, I saw him doing subway commercials, things like that. It was also just a different time. Social media wasn't really around with Derek Jeter. You know, I don't even really remember seeing Derek Jeter in that many commercials. And yet he still was the face of Major League Baseball. It's one of those things where I feel like it just kind of has to happen. And I don't know if I've talked about this before, but I think that the reason Major League Baseball struggles finding a face of the league is because of the demographics. A lot of their players are Latinx or Latino. I'm trying to be as PC as possible here. My mom's Panamanian, so trust me, I'm trying to do the right right thing. The bottom line is that English isn't their first language. And when you're talking about America's pastime, it's hard to have a face of America's pastime that literally might not be American. You know, a lot of them, I don't know if they they came over to play, but I don't know if they have American citizenship yet. I don't, I don't know. I don't really know how that works. The bottom line is whether they do or not, little boys and girls can look up to these guys and then they start talking and they barely speak English and it just hits different. As a society and as a culture, you relate to people who might not necessarily look like you, but are at least relatable. And that language barrier is a big deal to me. And that's why I've personally always felt that it's been hard for Major League Baseball to find the new face. And then you get somebody like Mike Trout, who could easily be the new face, who just doesn't really like the spotlight. So if you're Rob Manfred or anybody connected with MLB, you're just sitting there like, we finally found one. Oh, but also the the problem with Mike Trout is that he's on a team that never wins. So he's on a team that never wins. And on top of that, he doesn't want to be in the spotlight. So you can't choose him. So they're trying their best to push Aaron Judge. And I think it is working. I just believe that Derek Jeter was on championship teams. And that's a big, big deal. Even when you go into basketball, basketball is different because it's so star driven. James Harden, Russell Westbrook, they haven't won championships. They are a version of faces of the league, but they're still, in my opinion, even Giannis, they're still not on the level of LeBron James, Steph Curry, and even Kevin Durant because they've gotten over that hump. And we know America loves winners. So that's why I think Major League Baseball has struggled to find a new face and also why I, because of that, there's not one person in Major League Baseball that if they got hurt, the season would be ruined, right? Or there wouldn't be an even bigger asterisk to the point where we don't even know if we can count this championship, right? You look at M- the NBA. If LeBron James got COVID or, you know, or wasn't able to play, the whole thing is done. I would say there's probably 10 players like that in the NBA. LeBron, Giannis, you could make the argument for James Harden, Anthony Davis, 
there's a lot of guys like that that you know to a lesser degree then you have like the jimmy butlers of the world where or the joel Embiid's where i don't think anybody would say the season was completely ruined but they all have an argument and then you have the top tiers like the lebron the like i said the Giannis's, things like that so that's why major league baseball is getting away with it same with the nfl if patrick mahomes got covid couldn't play if Tom Brady got COVID, couldn't play. Basically, any of the top five to ten quarterbacks, if they got it, the whole season would not be a wash because whoever wins is going to say, well, can't make the club in the tub. We won. But at the same time, there would be a huge effect, a much bigger effect in comparison to if it happens in Major League Baseball. I mean, I don't know. Bryce Harper or the Phillies aren't favorites, right? I think there are a couple of people's dark horse picks, but... Even if Aaron Judge got it, Aaron Judge, Cody Bellinger, Mookie Betts, Mike Trout, all these guys that are quote unquote stars, Javi Baez, Major League Baseball just keep rolling. It, you know, and obviously it's it's just a bit of a different game, but there is not one position right now that has that star power one player that has that star power which i think weirdly in this situation is a positive for major league baseball but before i continue on let's get into another call who do we have on the line uh eli and i of los angeles california eli long time listener first time caller first time caller eli so what do you do eli you you, you, you music guy what do you do I, uh, I'm a show promoter. I book and promote, uh, bands for live music. And I also, um, do music marketing at a, at an audio streaming company. That's right, folks. You know, you guessed it. We work together. Um, and if you didn't okay, guess I didn't it, know if we were going to say, yeah, look, I, you know, look, we're just, we're just riding by the seat of our pants here. You, you look very prepared. You have a microphone. So I don't think people were going to believe it was a call anyway. Um, I said a Zoom call, so I don't think anybody thinks that I'm on the phone here. If you are, if you do, you don't understand how uh, these things work. But, okay, Eli, let's get to it. Mm -hmm. You know we're going to talk music. I've been on your podcast before, given my hot takes that you vehemently disagree with most of the time. But before we get into the albums and things like that i did want to talk to you about i mean you say you're a show promoter i'm sure you've been affected by covid just had just as all artists have been a lot of times i have heard that some of the smaller like the kind of cult following artists they make a lot of their money off shows so Mm -hmm. i'm sure they're struggling right now and on top of that we talked about it like a the even the big artists that how far it's just like anything else right pushing a season or pushing a anything there comes a time when you can't anymore right so somebody like party next door that song with rihanna probably didn't do nowhere near the numbers that it should have done because it came out during quarantine and that could be said for so many songs that came out or an albums that came out how do you think this whole thing is affecting artists whether it be the shows or just like i said even the bigger artists just like 
forcing them to still release their albums. And it's like, dang, well, this isn't going to bop at the clubs. This is really just going to be on terrestrial radio, who, like we talked about before, is the equivalent of like having cable. You know, no, who, who really listens to it like that? If you're under 25 driving, you got your own music plan. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely different for different artists. Um, smaller kind of indie artists definitely solely were relying on touring. So when that went away, I think it affected a lot of those artists like pretty monumentally. Um, I mean, personally, like, yeah, we, we canceled all shows. There's no sign of, of when um, shows will be returning. So that kind of sucks. But I was lucky enough to have, like, you know, an actual you know, that was kind of my side hustle. So right. I wasn't depending on the, on the revenue there. So I'm, I'm lucky in that sense, but it, it totally sucks. Like I miss live music so much. Um, and then when you look at larger artists, I mean, yeah, I, I think having the effect of like not having your songs played at the club is like a, it's a small percentage of, of like artists who, who that will really affect. And it's not something that I really thought about until you brought that up. But not just clubs, um, like even bars, right? Like, yeah, but, I, but, but I think, but listen, hear me out though. I'm saying how many times you at a bar, you're, you're, you got a good buzz on a song comes on. You haven't heard it because a lot of times bars aren't just playing top 40, right? Are you about to ask if I'm Shazamming at the bar? Yeah. I mean, I, are you not? Cause <laughs> No, uh, I do, but yeah. I don't see people do it. Yeah, like, I'm not. I, I'm I not like holding it up in the air. Yeah, no. I'm, what are you saying? You're, How? What's your method for shazamming? I'm just like leaning over. I'm just like leaning over my phone, holding I, it. I sometimes pretend to be on a call, and I'll flip it upside down. That's ridiculous. Uh, it's embarrassing. You know. Although I've I've learned to to. I've grown out of that shame and sometimes I'll just do it really obviously. And just I mean, because I'll be honest the and the word of top 40 is so interesting to me because you got everybody's favorite troll six, nine, who some gets a, a number one record and he's never on the radio. And like I said, in, are you stupid? Dumb? Ah! Stupid. Yeah. I mean the, like the car that we have, it, there is no plug-in. So we're literally, listening to the radio and i can tell you nothing has changed they do play the same 10 songs so even outside of that it could still be a top 40 song like i said you know the like the the pnd rihanna track that got radio play but if it was on at bars and stuff like that leads you oh shoot who is this rihanna da, 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 do you da, da, think da. that would have been played like at a club though because yeah, i feel like it's, I it's a little it's a little slower it's kind of slow it's slower but it would hit trust me Maybe a remix. No, Rihanna is the uh, remix. Well, Rihanna needed a verse. I will say that a remix with I a feel Rihanna like verse. If if it got like the St. John Roses treatment, dude. By by the way, the most he talks about it all the time because you unfollowed him on Instagram. St. John, I didn't unfollow yeah, I didn't you. Come it. through, uh, come through Styles Files. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, he said he had no clue. Like I don't think anybody saw this coming. So mm-hmm. they. Most of the time, I just I I hate those remixes. I really don't even like the remix. I couldn't even I don't even remember what the original song sounds like now, you know, because they I've put some like it. weird effect on his voice. They you know put a completely different beat on it, and it's interesting too because it's him and the DJ cashing out, whoever did the remix. Yeah, because I don't even think he like did an extra it blew verse up or on anything. TikTok, right? 
I don't know, but it's everywhere now. That's one of the 10 yeah. songs that Terrestrial Radio plays. It, are they still playing Blinding Lights by the weekend? No, no. It's, it's on the way out. Um, Dude, that, they, I don't listen to the radio that often, but that song was getting way too much play. It was obnoxious. Yeah. Okay, well, let's... I'm not into that. Track. Let's talk about who... What, what are some of your... I have some album, not necessarily standouts, but just uh, albums that came out during quarantine. But I want to hear what are some albums that stuck out to you? Because I know we talked... We didn't know if we should do, oh, best of 2020 or best of quarantine. It's like, well, I mean, mm-hmm. besides kind January of the same and February, thing it's pretty much point. the same thing. Yeah. So who kind of tickled your fancy so far um okay uh well there's one artist in particular there's there's two albums that really stand out as like when they came out i mean from when they came out until now like i'm still listening to them nonstop. um the first is this uh, kind of indie folk artist christian lee hudson from uh los angeles he put out a record called beginners on anti-record what type of uh you said indie rock, huh? Indie folk. So it's very, it's like, it's it's super beautiful. It's very sleepy. I don't know if you'd be into Is it. Is this like your bedroom pop that you love? No, it's not like that. It's like folk music. It's like, it's similar like to the like new Taylor Swift. Elliot Smith. No, not the new. I thought it was folk. That shit's not folk. That shit's just a Taylor Swift album where she put some acoustic guitar on it and like Uh-oh, took folks, the cover out. I struck a nerve. I struck album a nerve. Cover and I hate the, the buzz that that album is getting. It's no different are you, than 1999. I mean, are you surprised? You shouldn't be. I'm surprised at how much cred she's getting from this album. Like at how much like legitimate critical acclaim is coming from it. Cause I listened to it and it just, it's just another Taylor Swift album. Like there's no, I don't hear any difference. Yeah, I mean, Except I didn't they, like, listen took to it. Some of the drums away. Yeah, and like added some. Somebody, somebody compared it to uh, "Man of the Woods." Like her, this yeah, is her "Man I, of the no, Woods." Yeah, no, I yeah, but I think "Man of the Woods" was more of a departure, like an actual departure. And it was trash too. Yeah, they both. Well, Taylor Swift didn't fail. Taylor Swift she, isn't trash because she didn't it. change that much. That's your whole point right like yeah like jt really took a risk and it didn't pay off did but not. at least he actually did change it like uh, i just want to look at there are some tracks on the i wish i could be a fly on the wall on like all the listeners just like across like especially like the more poppy the, to more, this no like the, the more music? poppy justin timberlake fans just firing up man of the woods and each track just like what is this <laughs> Especially the Chris Stapleton. One. Yeah, it's like, what is this? Um, but what you gonna do with all that meat? That I, ever since I noticed that line, a friend pointed out that line to me, right. and I can't listen to that song anymore. I mean, all I hear is that line. The thing is about artists is there's certain artists, and we've talked about this before. There's certain artists where you're ha- you're happy. It's a it's a very fine line between growing as an artist and wanting to do different things but also saying i don't know if true to who you are is the right thing but then there's also the artists that same sound the same like every song sounds the same so fans get mad about both but you can't if you do get mad that every song sounds the same you can't get mad when they try to take a risk even if you might not like that risk yeah i mean maybe i'm being unfair about the whole thing but 
I just, I don't know. I don't think like Taylor Swift, it's, I don't know. There's nothing authentic to me about that album. It's just like another Taylor Swift album with a little bit difference in production. And then they like, with the release and like the aesthetic of it, they tried to make it like, oh, this is her folk album. And people just like ate it up. I don't know. It's just annoying to me. Yeah. It's, um, it's kind of on brand anyway, for America, you know? Yeah. But anyway, back to Christian Lee Hudson. Real folk. Real folk. I'm not, a, I'm not like a folk gatekeeper, by the way, either. I'm just, it kind of sounds like it. Um, but no, he's like in line with kind of, you know, Elliot Smith, Bright Eyes, Sufjan Stevens, um, that type of kind of very sparse production, a um, lot of acoustic guitar and like strings, um, really like heart-wrenchingly emotional lyrics right um and i'm not much of a lyrics guy but his lyrics are really good um and it was produced by phoebe bridgers um shout out phoebe bridgers i love her and she also put out a record in quarantine that was very good that folky uh, that was that's folky okay that's, that's some folky shit who's um, uh who's 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 more folky right now casey musgraves or taylor swift uh, well, Casey Musgraves is like country. So is Taylor. Who's more country, Taylor Swift or Casey Musgraves? That's a tough call. I'm going Who's Casey. More folky, uh, I guess Casey. Um, but uh, what are they called? I mean, the Swifties. At, the Swifties. They're yeah. they're going to be after you, man. You're never going yeah, to. No one if is going to step more in. More than a hundred followers, I'd be done. No one is going to step in throwing bows when they're through with you. <laughs> um. You know, that's what they come to me for, these hot takes, these hot takes. Okay, well, I'm going to go through some. I'm only going to go through the ones that I, – I, did you listen to Kyle? No. No. Disrespectful. I'll, I will. If you send me some, some of the highlights from All what right. I'll listen to. Party Next Door. What did you think of that album? I loved it. I mean, I love Party Next Door, though. Um, I don't think it's as – I don't think I liked it as much as uh, PND2. Well, yeah, um, I think that's probably my favorite record of his. But no, it was great. There's a lot of like Savage Anthem is so sick. I love that song. Drizzy Drake. That's not that, that was nothing. Yeah. If anybody says that they like that tape besides the songs that had already leaked, you're just like a Stannis Stan and I can no longer trust your judgment on music. Sorry. I like the one, um, what's the one? I'm outside in the Angie. Ain't me. Uh, that one. And yeah, who's Kiki? Like He's one. always talking about Kiki. Do we know who that is? Can someone I don't know. You we get an APB on Kiki? <laughs> um, Childish dropped my doppelganger. That was similar. I had similar feelings to the Dark Lane demo. No, Especially no, with you're, the being, whole... you're being ridiculous now. No, I'm being honestly now. like there was some good, there was some good stuff on no, it. No, now this is now, now this is where you're being disrespectful. What, what do you want from me? Dude, it, that it thing was that amazing. It was amazing. I think so. No, you can't compare it to no. Dark Lane demo tapes though. That's, I don't know. It felt like unfinished. Yeah, but in like a good way. <laughs> also i absolutely hate the no track names yeah i hate, I hate that too i'm like what, which one that. did i like 34 b like, like what is this yeah, well, like what's what are you trying to do with this no like, i hate that statement? i hate yeah. that uh i guess because if it's 
his last tape or as Childish Gambino. I also don't like that either. What are you going to yeah. come back as a different name? I mean, he, he probably just wants to go by Donald Glover, which like, that's fine. But like, stop talking about it. Just do it. Yeah. Like logic. Like, stop you retiring. To, you don't need to build it up for like four years that you're done as Childish Gambino. And that one song, make an album as Donald Glover. People still listen to it. And that one song that he teased, I think it was on like a Super Bowl commercial. Is that the... It filled never. It was not on the. I thought it was gonna be. That's that's also a reason why I didn't like. I'm like, where is it? Where is it? Like, I thought that that was algorithm. No, but but it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, at this point, you can like, if you really wanted to listen to it, you have a better chance. You know those songs that just never drop, and you want them to drop so bad. It's like you could pull the audio from the commercial on YouTube, put it on your phone, and just listen to it because you're never gonna get it at this point. That, that was, was like, that, was ever, that was childish. That was childish. Did you song. ever hear the song Paradise by or Somewhere in Paradise by Chance? Yeah, yeah. That that, that song that dropped, I thought. Was like, yeah, yeah, but it, it was a song he was doing live for for like a year before it dropped. And I would I was like huge stan at the time and I would always watch like any live streamer shit and I like I thought that song was incredible. And then he dropped it and it sounded so much worse than like the live version. And I think I, I think I ripped a audio from like a YouTube video and I converted that to an MP3. Like that's the one version I would listen to. That's what you have to do sometimes. I mean, also I'm looking at the childish Gambino album right now. You mean the the literal algorithm, just numbers. You're just looking at numbers. Yeah. Did he go back and put a title on the one with Ariana Grande? Cause I don't remember seeing, I don't know. Track with Ariana I, all I know is like my buddies were obsessed with the one with 21 Savage. And I'm just going to tell you folks, I'm, I'm 30. I don't know if I just don't get it. 21 Savage. I just don't understand it. I don't, I don't get like it him either. Yeah, I really don't. I don't. He's not good to me. I, I don't. You know, there's another one I don't get. I don't get gonna. I just don't get it. I like Gunna more than 21 Savage, but I also am not sure. super familiar. Sure. I mean, I love Young Thug, though. So I like Young Thug, but Young Thug has like melodies. Like 21 Savage is bad. Like um, 21 Savage yeah, no, is. He's like a bad rapper. I'll put, I'll put it to you like this. He's got like no rhythm. Like he's a bad look for our culture, just as far as in 20 years. People are going to say, this guy made millions. What is wrong with you? Like, what was wrong with people at the time that this guy was able to be a is successful artist? musical artist? What artist would you compare that to, like, in the past? Like, Vanilla Ice? Well, I don't think Vanilla Ice had as much success as 21 Savage. I, maybe, I guess, yeah, I guess true. based on the times, maybe. But I don't even no, know. You're, that's... I don't like Paul Abdul or something. I don't know. Yeah, I can't. That's it's a, like there's a whole. I have a whole a good list. Question that I asked. I, I'd have to get back to you, and, and 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 at the same time, we were. I'm trying to think from like our, like, preteen and middle school days. You know who's a, a, a an example? Daughtry. Like, how the fuck did Daughtry but, slip through the cracks but, for so long? Because American Idol, though. Okay. What about um? There's another okay. Well, like, what about Creed, Nickelback, all those bands? You like, could at least like say that they have where, a musical talent. 
You might not like how they sound, but they can play an instrument. They can make songs. Come on, dude. I mean, but they they make terrible songs. That's the whole argument. I guess, but you I don't know what any set of It's about it, Rush. And about it, about it, man. Five, five. It ain't funny. Beat it. Get a one. And then it went 21. I mean, dude, like, honestly, I can fire up GarageBand right now. And if I did the same exact thing and played it to people, they would be like, yo, don't quit your day job, you know, and then go and bop 21 Savage. I'm actually going to do that. I'm going to make a 21 Savage song. You should cover, you should do lyric for lyric. You should make a lot. And then if you tell me, it sounds terrible. Tell me how it's different. And I bet you, you can <laughs> maybe not mastered. Okay. Shout out Levi. Levi's going to master it for me. You know, music is just one of those things that is fun to talk about, but unlike, unless you're talking record sales, unlike sports, you can't stats are just different, right? You can't Drake can break as many records as he wants to. Nobody is probably ever going to consider him better than michael jackson or the beatles and i don't think they should i'm and i'm a huge drake fan but we can go back and forth all day long on music and i think that's kind of the beauty of it so now let's get into some football the problem with football is they're sitting there watching what's happening with major league baseball and like i said they do have true star power unlike major league baseball but they still are deciding that they're just going to run through the season like anybody else, like anybody else, or like it's a regular a regular year, right? They got rid of preseason games, but they're not doing anything to the amount of games. Uh, they plan on traveling around, no bubble. And what's so crazy to me is that we're watching what's happening. There are three major leagues going on right now. One of them does not have a bubble. Two of them do. One of them has had multiple outbreaks. It's the one that's not in a bubble. So how can you sit there as the NFL and say, hmm, nah, I think we'll be all right. Not to mention the NFL football is probably the grimiest sport there is. I mean, sure, you're touching sweaty bodies in basketball, but in football, I mean, you're really getting after it So there's so much more contact. Baseball, there's a limited contact, and they're still having outbreaks. So I really don't understand how anybody connected to the NFL, besides the players, because the players have spoken out, can sit there and say, no, we're going to be okay. I I have full confidence that we're going to be okay. I don't understand that. It's just more of uh, a hope that it's going to be okay. And like I said, a bunch of Marlins players in baseball test positive. Who cares about the Marlins anyway? Nobody. A bunch of players on the Cardinals. Like I said, Yadier Molina. If you're really into baseball, you know who Yadier Molina is, but he's not a star, I wouldn't say. Not on that level. Uh, the casual baseball player, I don't think, knows who Yadier Molina is. And you can we can debate that, but I just don't think they do. So it, it's very interesting to me. And at this point, all we can do is hope for the best. But I don't think anybody is extremely confident right now. I just think it's very easy. You put half the teams at Jerry World, half the teams at Allegiant Stadium where the Raiders will now be playing. You cut the games. 
you change how often teams play. You go like every other week or something, cut the games to about 10. And that would be the safest way to do this. I understand you need a lot of space to practice and things like that. But, you know, there's enough high uh, high schools that, you know, they, they shouldn't be, there shouldn't be anybody on the high school campuses right now anyway. Uh, and I just think that's just a more realistic path than just running this as everything is, everything is all good. It's just a normal, a normal situation, but we're just going to have to wait and see. Okay. Who else we got? It's uh, Michael Baldacci. Thanks for having me on. First time caller, long time listener. Excited to be here. Wow. Yeah. Never heard that one before, Mike. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> thanks for joining. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, Michael Baldacci, I don't want to get the title wrong. Director of operations for Baldacci Vineyards. Is that correct? Winemaker, director of operations, vineyard grower. Now the super, the, yeah, the <laughs> Superman, you know, uh, the Superman of Napa. That's what they call him nowadays. But, you know, I want to give a shout out to Mike, freshly married. Um, very <laughs> excited for him. Mike, Mike, what do you want to talk about on the show today? Oh, man. I mean, you and I grew up playing baseball against each other. I, well, not against each other. We played on the same team, which is a blast. Um, we root for different teams and usually have pretty different opinions on uh, things going on in baseball. So yes. I felt like that'd be something something you and I could, could chat about for sure. Right, right. I mean, it's it's interesting. We've always joked. I'm Giants Raiders. Mike is A's Niners. I, I do feel that there are more A's Niners people out there seeing as how I've never met another Giants Raiders person. But um, yeah, I mean, this season, there's a lot. There's obviously, are we going to make it through right. um, the new rules? I know you have some thoughts on the new rules. You know me, I'm new school. I like the bat flipping. I like the rate of play. 60 games seems like a dream to me. I don't know why 162 right. was ever necessary. Right. How, how are you feeling about the new all the new uh, additions this year? Yeah, you know, I think you're you're on the right track. I do like the 60 games. It's going fast. I think that there's no way that they'll ever let that occur. I think 100 games would be perfect. And, you know, I was thinking about it yesterday. It's not only just like the play and having the games more competitive, but just even, you know, look at how many guys are having Tommy John surgery right now. And, you, you know, you played ball your whole your whole life, you know, and at what point does 160 games, you know, ever come up, you know, from, you know, college baseball, even in right. the prime of, you know, fall ball into spring season into summer, there's not 160 games. So, um, you know, just the wear and tear. And I feel like the quality of the game would be better and just get the fans more excited. I think we both right. know there's not many right now. No, I mean, it's, I did I did this a couple years ago and I got to look it up again where I literally did the math but of, you know, they say what a baby is born every 10 seconds or something. I did the math for how many babies were born throughout the baseball season. It was like upwards of like over 30 million or something just like <laughs> ridiculous. And yeah. like we have, you know, we have friends, Mike, like I said, freshly married. We have friends that are in and out of relationships. I mean, the baseball season comes and goes, they've had four different significant others. Like <laughs> it's so it's, it's unnecessary. Yeah. To me, I, I do. And I think it also lends itself to um, the article that I wrote not too long ago. If you haven't checked it out, it's on medium, but just about everything going on with how many guys that they draft and all these things. Yeah. And even just the thought of like physically, I don't think that 
I think NFL is really the only one where it's that big of a jump. I think NBA players are ready. MLB, I, I don't know. It's hard to say because people are like, well, look at all these levels. It's kind of like, what came first? Do we just think they're not ready because of right. the situation and yeah. because they've never needed to be ready? So, and maybe part of that is, sure, a pitcher going from pitching every three or four days for, what, 60 games in college or even less if they're coming out of high school to 162 games. That's ridiculous. I also just don't think 162 games is necessary. Right. And then, like you're saying, I love that article you wrote, and I think it's a, it was great just talking about – minor league baseball and you know huge thing is that service time stuff that everyone's right. going through and if you don't have that service time are some of these guys actually being called up earlier so restructuring what the minor leagues look like I think could be great for the game because I mean we're seeing it this year some of those White Sox prospects you know they're going hey we're we're putting these guys up there getting major league I got major league at bats and we don't care and then you've got the Giants who are keeping their prospect down right you know what is right what is the point and, you know just I think restructuring, like you talked about, it, it could create some better, you know, minor league experiences. It could create more of like a true farm system that like you talked about, you know, people can get behind players and, you know, there's more just, um, and if you have more than 40 man rosters, you know, things like that, where it just, there is more up and down between the two teams and, um, you know, just creating a little bit more excitement around an organization. Yeah. I just, it just doesn't make very much sense to me. The it's just unnecessary at the end of the day. But yeah. let's 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 move on to some of the rules. So yeah. obviously, I'm a fan. You're you're an A's fan, so you're American League anyway. But I'm personally a fan of the Universal DH. I know old school fans. Oh yeah, no, the strategy. I don't care about strategy. I don't want to watch Johnny Cueto hit. I, I that's what I'll tell you. That's what I don't want to do. You know. Yeah. So that's where I'm at there. I will say, though, the runner on second and extra innings, I don't know. That's even a little yeah. too, too – that might even be a little too much for me because it just takes away from the walk-off, in my opinion. Walk-off, unless it's a bomb. Right. Yeah, I mean, I at first was super behind it. I thought, oh, okay, get a guy on second base, you know, get this thing rolling. We're not seeing 18-inning right. games. Um, but then right in the first, one of the first series, you know, you have a runner score without there even being a hit and, you know, that kind of rubs you the wrong way. And I yeah. read something that one of those relievers is like, you know, Hey, we're the best of the best getting on second base against me is hard. And if you're just going to put someone out there and then what is that an earned run against that guy? I mean, it, well, it's not, it's not. It's okay. Not. Yeah, okay. it is. But still, but still. I mean. It's an L, it's a team L in a 60 game season where every game matters. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it just, yeah. I mean, I can see a runner on first runner on second though. I mean, I think the, the A's played it perfectly in the first series where like Shohei went to third and they got him, but that's pretty rare. And that was pretty bonehead on show. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, A fun fact that I did uh, on one of my other podcasts, I did a pick for, Cy Young and uh, Shohei was my dark horse pick, and he's looking real dark right now. So uh, <laughs> yeah, they's roughed him up. We'll see if they what they're gonna do if they're gonna pitch him again soon. I don't know. Right, right. It. Um, well, speaking of the A's, how are you feeling as an A's fan that has expectations this year? You yeah. know, it's it's interesting when you go from I wouldn't call the A's like big dogs but you're there are expectations this year so yeah. how how has that been for you as a 
viewer as a fan it's got to be a little different yeah it's tough and with like you said the 60 game season is all happening fast and um you know six games into it you know I have a lot of similar feelings as I usually do with the A's you know we can go out there and pitch and then hitting just comes in waves and you know we went I think over like 20 or something and with runners right. in scoring position and it just those timely hits I mean we see it you know it's tough you know I feel like in the dog days of the summer is when the A's are playing their best when there's no one in front of them watching and it doesn't really matter but you know we get towards the end of the season things start getting tight and then you know we've played in the last few one game playoffs and just we don't show up we don't hit yeah and so you start seeing that you start seeing this trend you're just going oh man um so the pitching is going to be there um, and the hitting is going to be streaky. That's the A's. And so we just hope they streak at the right time. And Right. Well, you know. I mean, the way Chris Davis is going right now, I guess he's saving all of his hits for the end of the season. Oh, man. I mean, you know, I, it's unfortunate to see someone drop like that. And, you know, with this short of a season, I hope it's a short lease because we got some guys that, you know, that platoon and they don't get to play every day. And I'd rather right. run some of those guys out there than watch Chris Davis just look so lost at the plate. Yeah, I don't know if either – I know during the first week there was, like, something trending, like, who gets a hit first, Hunter Pence or Chris Davis? And <laughs> I, I, I really – I would guess Hunter Pence, because but it's probably going to be an infield single that he just beats out. <laughs> and for some reason – Yeah, I just call – Yeah. Chopper over the pitcher's head. <laughs> I mean, it's just a hundred yeah, – that's our four-hole guy. That's, that's who yeah. we got. That's our big bopper. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. You know, I said this about the A's. They've had a tough go these last couple of years where Astros, they won the division, whether they were cheating during the division run or not, probably. They won the division, which causes the A's to always get the wild card, then head off to, to Yankee Stadium or something like that. I think actually last year, the A's actually had a home game, if I remember correctly. Yeah, against um, the A's. Still couldn't get it done. But this year is different, right? Even if they have to go to Yankee Stadium or uh, Fenway Park, it is empty. And I would love to see, I think it's probably too early, but love to see how home field advantage has helped teams this year as opposed to years past because, you know, you see situations where uh, the Giants, right? The Giants earlier in the week, they took – the Padres into extra innings, six to six, man on second. Even though the Giants get a man on second too, Padres get a man on second. A couple blunders here, like a pitching decision, all, all these types of things. Padres put up like five. It was like eleven yeah. to six going to the bottom of the tenth, and it's just like that. There is no home field advantage right there. You yeah. know, it's like that. That's just like that is the one thing about this new rule putting someone on second. If you can come up and punch someone in the mouth real yeah. quick it changes things you know yeah. like nobody and that's the thing like the game has changed so much from when we play like nobody is bunning anyone over yeah. you know so it's like so again to the whole the guy the, the people that don't want universal dh the pitchers are the, literally the only people bunning literally you know yeah. back in the day it was you know you're under six foot you're left-handed you got some speed slap that thing you know like get some bunts down like now and I've talked about before, everybody talks about positionless basketball. I feel like it's almost positionless baseball as well. Like you take someone like Austin Martin, who went, I think, top five. They don't even have a position for him, right? Yeah. And he's like claimed six foot, but he's one of these guys. 
that knows how to use the bat. But if it gets to a 2-0 count, they're not looking for singles anymore. You know, it's like drop the head and, and let's get it going here. And I think that's where we're trending. So putting someone on second, most of the time, nobody is shortening up anyway. You yeah. know, like they really aren't. No, I mean, we had our, the A's had our nine hitter was our catcher. He's like a left-hander and they got the shift on the guy and he's 0 for 10. I'm like, come on, man. Like, where's the value in, I, I thought getting a hit would be nice, but I guess not. That's, that's one thing it'll be tough to get used to, but I, I agree positionless baseball and these guys that are, you know, getting drafted and coming up and they've got so much potential coming out of college, coming out of high school. Um, I, I agree with you. You're going to see guys that get drafted as center fielders playing third base, playing right. you know, shortstop or vice versa, whatever it is. So it's becoming a more athletic game, I think, you know? Right. It, it, it is. And that's what is good for the game. And I think it's also, again, you know, the, the old, older baseball fans, they got to get used to it. I mean, the, and I hate to say it because I am a Giants fan. But the Dodgers have been leading the charge here, right? You get a Kike Hernandez who is just everywhere. Cody Bellinger plays first. He plays right field. He plays center. These guys, they could just plug everybody in. Half the yeah. time, so everybody, me and Mike, we're in a FanDuel league. And, you know, I'm in midseason form, which means I'm in last place. But, <laughs> you know, half these guys, you have to put in your position. But even when you're selecting their position, that's not even where they play during the game. Because FanDuel yeah. doesn't even know where they're going to play. They just know that they're probably going to start. That's yeah. where we are now. Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. It's true. It's uh, – but, yeah. The other one thing I like that about this season is the expanded playoffs. I think it's super cool. Yeah. I, 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 I still have to look up, like, how that's going to change. So, it's, it's like – it's the top two teams from each division. So, oh. first or second, and then the next two best records after that. Got it. Yeah. Really? And it's like, wow. So then um, then it's just, I think it's a five-game series for the first round and then seven for the rest of them. So. Dang. Or maybe, and yeah, I may be wrong on that. They maybe do like a three-game series. Either way, playoff baseball is the best. I mean, that's with like any sport. And so, right. you know, maybe not 16, but maybe there is some sort of like four teams get in and then there's a tournament between a couple other teams just – to get that because the, again, the dog days of summer, no one watches that. Baseball. Nobody watches. I mean, I always, I always say that, you know, baseball was America's game way back when, and it was, you know, on, it was a radio, it was built for radio. It was built mm -hmm. for, you know, one Oh five pitch start when you were, you know, in the Midwest, whether you're out in the fields in the cornfields, you're in the mine, you're coal mining. I mean, the early 1900s of America, you're, you're out and it was on the radio and that's what you listen to. Right. And that got you through the end of the work day. So now, you know, now you know, these, these techies, yeah, these techies, they're not listening to the radio. No, you I know, mean, they, they, they're at seven o'clock now too. You right. know what I mean? They're getting lunch delivered to them. Like Wrigley, Wrigley got lights just recently, you that's know? Ridiculous. You right. Know? I mean, that's, that's what baseball was. It's a day game. It's, you know, built for the middle of the day. It's, you know, and. So that's where I think that why they had the bigger season, but it's like now pff, no one does that. I mean, do bad yeah. basketball, 80 something games. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's, and even basketball people will still say there's nothing you can do to change this, but people will still say regular season. Nobody really watches. And it's not, you're not wrong. You know, I mean, now that the warriors aren't in it, I, I'm still watching obviously, but during a typical regular season, 
you watch your team if they're good most of the time. Like I, I'm a bit of a, I'm not a, I wouldn't call myself a fair weather fan. I also know that, you know, life is already tough. I don't need to watch like, like a losing situation either. Yeah. Like I, I want to enjoy what I'm watching. It's like, that's three hours. I'm not going to watch three hours of terrible basketball. So people don't call me a, a fair weather fan. Totally. I mean, I, I, I've, I've heard, you know, basketball season starts on Christmas. Pretty much, pretty much. You got like the Christmas game. We got like opening, the opening uh, weekend or whatever. Christmas, MLK, because that's going to be, those games are going to be whoever either made it to the finals or Western Conference finals and then playoffs. Yeah. You know? Um, well, Mike, it's been great having you. I do want to, you know, give you a chance to, to, to plug your wine. I was at Total Wines uh, not too long ago, saw a big picture of your, your parents it was a beautiful sight to see love the parents tell them i say hello i will uh, what, what do you have what do you have fresh coming out i know i've seen your follow baldashi vineyards on instagram you know i know i've seen uh, a lot going on you got a new harvest coming out what, what's the deal yeah yeah so give us a follow on uh instagram or facebook baldachi family vineyards uh i think the instagram handle is now baldachi winery um and yeah you know harvest is around the corner um, if you enjoy Cabernets or Chardonnays or Pinot Noir, your local Total Wine and More definitely has all those uh, in stock. Uh, one of the new wines we just came out with, well, not new, but kind of fresh labeling is our 2018 Fraternity Blend. Um, it's perfect for the, uh, the casual night, the date night, the nice dinner outside. If your uh, counties are letting you eat outside or just at home and sharing it with the family and friends and whatnot. But um, we're also open up here. If you, anyone's looking for a little day trip, uh, come on up to Napa. We do some patio tastings, and uh, they're they're really fun. Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays, just to get out, taste some wine, and kind of enjoy enjoy Napa scenery. You heard it here. You heard it here, folks. Baldacci wine, Baldacci vineyards, perfect <laughs> for any occasion. Mike, <laughs> you thanks so much. You take care. Congrats again, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Al. Talk to you soon. So last. Last thing I wanted to, to speak on is the Jonathan Isaac situation. Jonathan Isaac is a player on the Orlando Magic. And if you didn't know, he made news uh, earlier this week or, you know, he made news earlier this week because of his decision to stand during the national anthem, whereas... Uh, I don't even know if there's been another player that did stand during the national anthem. I think that's why this is a story. And he also chose, which is this one actually gets me a little bit more. He also chose not to wear a black lives matter shirt. So he, I don't know if, I think it was fairly big news if, if you're looking for it. So he's standing there in a, in his Jersey and you know, while everybody else is kneeling in a Black Lives Matter shirt. I said this on social media, and I'm going to say it again. I don't have a problem with either, to be honest. I do think the not wearing the Black Lives Matter shirt, it, I think that's more making more of a statement than kneeling during the national anthem. It doesn't really matter whose quote-unquote side you're on. I, I think it's hard to to think negatively of someone who just decides to stand for the country that they live in. That's your prerogative. My issue is that, 
And I don't think I ever even spoke on the Sam Coonrod situation uh, pitcher on the Giants, which was way worse, uh, in my opinion. But the parallels are that both of these guys are doing things that they know are going to put a spotlight on them. And then when they get the spotlight, they don't have their ducks in a row as far as what the reasoning, the what the reasons are behind why they did what they did. Jonathan Isaac sat there knowing he was going to get questioned about this, sat there and said something to the effect of, you can look up the direct quote, whether he kneels or not, or whether he wears a shirt or not, does not make a difference on how he feels about black lives and whether they matter or not, which is true. Which is true. But instead of saying, hey, I'm actually doing X, Y, and Z, and that's how I'm making my impact, he goes on to say something about Christ and we're all made in the image of Christ and Jesus and all these types of things that I really am just super confused as to when religion became a part of this whole social justice movement. I'm not trying to be facetious, but where... Where was Jesus when George Floyd had a knee on his neck? I, I, I'm not really understanding the the parallels there. I don't I don't get it at all. But that's what you went to. You had an opportunity to explain yourself. And like I said, people can sit there and say he doesn't have to explain anything to anyone. I guess. But if you don't want to explain anything to anyone, just say next question. Why are you talking about? Christianity and your religion. I, I I don't get that one. Then he went on to say uh, he's seen bad people on both sides, black and white. Okay. What, what does that have to do with the price of rice? Like, what does that have to do with what is being asked of you right now? I don't understand it. You know, the, the Sam Coonrod take. Uh, this, this was a couple weeks ago. And uh, if you haven't checked out my Facebook, um, it's just, you know, my personal there's a really long thread on, you know, I was getting attacked from both sides that just what I, I don't know if they weren't understanding my whole, it was the same idea. Now this guy, a lot of baseball players didn't kneel during the national anthem. More of the, more of them stood than knelt. And don't worry, I, w- I looked it up. You can say kneeled or knelt. They're both okay. But a lot of them, uh, chose to stand, which is fine. Sam Coonrod decided not to kneel during a moment of unity, which was independent from anything political. Like imagine, and I said, and I responded to someone, imagine someone coming up to you saying, hey, we're going to kneel for unity. Is that cool? And you saying no. And, Im- and imagine people calling that courageous. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But my my whole point is, and I'm going to get into this in my please stop segment. My whole point is you can have your own takes, but it's kind of sketchy when you don't really have a take. I, I really, can someone please, next time I do calls, I want to understand what religion has to do with this current social justice movement. Because I really just don't understand it. I think it's a cop out. Now, a cop-out coming from a white person is one thing. But Jonathan Isaac, I don't understand 
where that fits in with you. And, you know, he ended up tearing his ACL. I'm not with that. People joking about, you know, um, he didn't want to kneel, so the ancestors took his knee. That's messed up, man. It's messed up. I get it. Social media and Twitter, that's just how they get down. I'm not with that. Uh, I'm not even with the whole karma thing. That's not karma to me. Like, the guy got hurt. It happens in basketball. Like, is it uh, a kind of a coincidence that it got, that of what happened in the the way that it happened? Sure. But I think that's uh, in poor taste to, to, to joke about that. And you can get your point across without doing that. And honestly, I do re- wish him a speedy recovery. He's a young guy. Um, my only beef is just have your ducks in a row because you are purposely putting the spotlight on yourself. Okay, let's get into some please stop. It's the time. Please stop. Everybody's favorite segment. It's been too long. It's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you, but I didn't really have too much stuff to talk about to step two, step two because of the quarantine. So the first please stop along the same lines as what I've been speaking about or what I was speaking about as far as Jonathan Isaac and Sam Coonrod. But this is even on a more personal level. I've been posting a lot on my personal account for Instagram mostly uh, about everything going on. Please stop sliding into my DMs if you're not going to explain yourself. If you don't agree with something I posted, that's fine. I love having healthy debates. But don't just say, well, I think he did or I think that's wrong. And not explain it because I'm not even going to waste my time trying to have a conversation with you because you didn't tell me anything. You didn't give me anything. You didn't in any way convince me that we should have a conversation. And I'm all for having conversations. But if you're just not going to say anything, um, I I, I don't know. I think you just like wasted um, however many characters it took you to to send that message and you also wasted my time to have to read that message so if you're gonna slide into anybody's dms um to kind of go against what they're saying or have a discussion have an actual discussion and have like facts ready please stop next please stop guys you know um my girlfriend was telling me about a story she was at the at Lake Merritt with a friend and this guy was literally trying to hit on them during a pandemic and still had a mask on which is I guess a little bit safer but we don't even know what you look like bud and you gotta talk to us from six feet away and oh by the way I haven't even seen my friends that much so what makes you think I want to talk to a random dude guys figure it out figure it out Stop hitting on look, it's just it's very simple. You get on the dating apps and then you find out who's comfortable and who's not. It's very simple. I don't understand why you still want to try to talk in person. It's 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 just stupid. And I gotta I gotta think, even if your batting average wasn't that good before, I gotta think all you're doing is is lowering it now. So just just hop on the hinge, hop on the bumble, the bumby, okay? And just just get after it that way. It's very it's 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 all you got to do, okay? Please stop. Next, please stop. 
And this is an interesting one. I, I think it's probably time for us to stop saying when this thing is over. It's probably time for us to stop saying that because I don't think anybody actually knows when this thing will be over. So it's probably better to just try to try to, I guess, mold your plans or whatever you're talking about to fit the current situation. Because I remember when my birthday passed, right? And I had friends saying, don't worry, when this thing's over, we're gonna get it popping da 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 in April. Then May, then June, and here we are. So I just think that nobody knows at this point whether you believe in, you know, not to get too crazy here, but some people have their feelings about how severe this thing is or not. Regardless, we're all in this situation, unless you're in Florida and you just don't listen uh, to anything. I had a buddy, the same buddy that I went out to, to grab drinks with, tell me that he was in Florida to visit his grandfather and he, they were basically getting berated by Floridians for wearing a mask, tr calling them, uh, you know, B words and, and all this terrible stuff. So uh, stay classy, Florida. And it doesn't really surprise us, but it's that's kind of wild to me. I, I, you see these things on Twitter and on, you know, social media and you think who could be that crazy? Apparently it's a real thing. And lastly, my last please stop. This one has actually irked me for a while. And I think that I would love to have a debate with someone or people about this. Can we please stop saying everything happens for a reason? Please stop. Because it's pretty much true that you either say that if something, something didn't work out for you and then something better came along. See, everything happens for a reason. Or if you're just trying to console someone before that next thing comes, like, hey, I know you didn't get the job. Everything happens for a reason. The fact of the matter is, unless you're crazy, nobody's going to go up to someone who lost a loved one, a child, right? And say everything happens for a reason. Which tells you what? That maybe everything doesn't happen for a reason. So maybe we should stop saying that because using it selectively is actually an oxymoron of what it's of what it is. So I really never understood that. I have people that disagree with me. Um, most of the time I think it's from a religious standpoint. But like I said, I don't think you can go up to someone who has lost a child what we do here is go and or even believe that. Wow, yeah, everything does happen for a reason. So there's really no need to say it, in my opinion. Some things might happen for a reason, but not everything. So that's my last please stop. I want to thank everybody for listening, as always, to The Styles Files. My name is Alan Styles. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter, if you don't already, at the underscore Styles Files. Styles with an I. Everybody, please continue to take care of yourself and be safe, be well, be wise. Peace.